Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, the podcast for myself, comedian and writer Dane Baptiste, my producer friend, Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizzer. Hello. I said Howard Cohen. I could have edited it out, but we'll keep it in No, now. I'm going to keep it. Let's yeah. keep it organic. Let's keep it organic. <laughs> a.k.a. H. Daddy. You know, I get, do a lot of AKs on podcasts. Oh, yeah. Are you happy with just two? We, I, you can keep them coming, but I we'll feel like the Hizzer's, the Hizzer's a pretty Hizzer one. was episode one yeah. with Kay Curd. And it stuck. And I've genuinely listened to RZA now and just feel a bond. Have you seen... Well... Obviously, talking, he doesn't. Yeah, because the idea of the podcast is that we post questions that need to be asked. Yeah. And we're talking everything from pop culture, which leads me... Have you seen uh, Wu-Tang and American Saga? No, no, no. I, I think you should watch it. Is it good? It's really good. It's really good. It's, it's, um, it's good in terms of the fact that, like, for me, it's like seeing... Something like hip hop and what was such a rebellious kind of phenomenon mm. is now come full circle, and it's like in, there's enough of a rich enough story that people can watch this in the form of a box set. Right, I guess someone like the RZA, that was his kind of dream, and it also has some very good other uh, up and coming rappers like uh, well, up and coming but newer rappers like Dave East and like Joey Badass. And okay, to, and where is this available to people? Uh, I think it's on. I want to say Hulu. Okay, I'll so find it. We should try and check it out there. But yeah. We um, ask all the questions. We ask all the, the questions. And uh, if you have any questions for us, please do get in touch on all the socials. And if you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. With uh, this, continuing with the theme of good rap and podcasts and iTunes, today's show features a Brixton-born rapper. His deaf, slick lyricism has been blessing the airwaves and the mics since his first mixtape in 2006. He's worked and performed with amazing names like Kalashnikov, Sway, Jesse J, KRS-One, Tully Kweli, Skinny Man and Bone Thugs of Harmony. Do some Googles if you don't know and then be ashamed of yourself, listeners. <laughs> His latest album, The Creature from Beneath the Mainstream, is available now on Spotify and Apple Music, so please do go cop that. It's the big-minded Genesis Elijah. What's going on? How you doing, brother? Good, man. I'm good. Do you like the build-up? Like, People like... That was a mad introduction, man. Yeah, you're kidding. We've got yeah, a man. good build-up. That's what we're saying. We're talking, talking about... We're just talking about... It's, uh, I've got my know, system down. I've got my system <laughs> down right now. Me and Genesis things. go so far back. Like, you might, he might have been like at the second or third gig I ever did. You're shitting me. Really? Um, yeah, like... like, and, like Probably one of the first people I followed on Twitter and stuff, and yeah, yeah man, just had like, just been holding each other down on, on the Twitters for a long time now, yeah, from way back, yeah, yeah, yeah. from so long ago. Wow, and, uh, yeah, just remained very consistent with it, and uh, yeah, so it's good to finally have him on the podcast. So we just like linking up in real life after like just holding each other down digitally, man, just holding down the spot for like you know, <laughs> that is man for being, for being just conscious. Up, right, brothers. In his digital streets. Yeah, in his digital in his streets. <laughs> yeah, in his east streets. Ain't easy out here. <laughs> Trolls trying to run up on my homie and that. After back it and that. It's like, is there a problem in that? You know. I'm even getting it. We occasionally get these responses. Every now and are again. Like, I hate this guy's voice. I'm like, well, don't listen to my fucking podcast, that's then, right. mate. You clicked on this man. thumbnail, bitch. Yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. So just holding down homies as we do. Um, so how are you, though, bro? How are you? I'm really good, man. Yeah. I'm really good. That's because it's a trend now, which is not a bad one, but it's a trend that, as well as asking about somebody so far as like superficial things like getting girls mm. and that, getting money and that, is how are you as a person? Yeah. 
I feel like that's kind of like the theme. That's, that's almost like if you're coming from like a entrepreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. you've kind of over the last couple of years, the trend has been it's not just about the money. It's about, are you happy? Yeah. What, like, how do you feel? And I think that's play, playing like a really big part. People are understanding that to be successful in business, you've you got to be happy, man. You've got to yeah. be healthy. Like. You have to be healthy, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it's a really good uh, counterculture that we're seeing, mm. where I've seen, particularly around young black men, like, see, man, giving each other, like, dap and wagga but, mm. like, even just embracing each other and stuff like that, man, like, that kind of exchange... Of having that platonic intimacy for me, showing a lot of progress. And like this, and just people saying, "How are you, bro?" Not even yeah. just being like, "Oh, I'm just out here on roads getting money." It's like, mm. but how are you as a person? Like, it's important that I occasionally do the trick of when I see someone, I'm like, ah, "Tell me something good this going on." Yeah, because mm. yeah. I like to try and move their mind to that because I know they're going to moan. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you've got a good friend yeah. and you're going to spend time with them, there's a high probability in my life anyway. You know what's deep? It's, it's good. Uh, you did. You did. A, um, you had Jamelia on your podcast. Yeah. 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 And she said, she said something. She said, sometimes when I'm out, I see black boys and I just want to give them a hug. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that hit me, yeah, because it was just like, because there's this, for, probably for maybe the last, I say probably 10 years, from when I switched from uh, off, off, off the road and onto more positive things, this, there was this mindset that switched so that when you see somebody that would normally you would look at like, like, who's my man yeah, yeah. there's this thing that I do yeah and I've been doing it for so long I see someone I hold eye, con- eye contact you good bruv you blessed and, and it's always yeah and I'm it's blessed. always blessed yeah because yeah, like, everyone's on these tenter hooks man yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really good technique man because obviously when we discuss stuff like toxic masculinity mm. like how that has to that uh, I guess the uh, complex of uh, masculinity when you're a black male it's very different so, and I say it like, so when we had like, what, 2017 and people were like, it's all right for guys to cry. No, not for us. Mm. Because what you learn, like, or what society has taught us is that even if we are upset or afraid or, or you know, crying, there's not going to be any relief for whatever oppressive phenomenon exists. Yeah. No one's ever been like, the police have been like, and I grabbed him, got him over the bonnet. He starts crying. I thought, fuck it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, enough. Let him go. <laughs> let him go, because he was blubbering. That's never happened. So, you know. I gave him some ultra balm, you know, <laughs> ultra balm Kleenex, because they're soft, you yeah, know. They're yeah, nice yeah, on I mean, his nose, didn't they? Poor guy was crusting yeah. up with the eyelids. It was mental. That's, that's gave, him not... a, gave him a lemon and ginger tea. Yeah, exactly. We talked about um, the latest life, series life. of Game of Thrones. Turns Both out, of us didn't like it as it turns goes. Turns out uh, the reason why he's driving that way is his missus broke up with him. Yeah. I felt it tone for him. Honestly. That's never, like, no one's ever been like, oh, mate. He's had enough. Guys, listen. Can we throw half a banana into a pitch now? <laughs> throwing the whole banana has gone too far. So we're going to reduce it. Oh, maybe a banana derivative. Has anyone got like a ban- planting chip or something? That's never, never happened. So, but yeah, it's, I, got, I had a friend like that as well. My friend was kind of like, if I see people like looking at me, because this is the thing, like I said, that look, which has now been appropriated and referred to as resting bitch face, but that screw face... <laughs> That could definitely mm. be the difference between like a good day and a bad day. So yeah. it's good, like this bucking yeah. this trend where it's like where people are like everyone's on this defensive, but you're like, yeah, we saying, bro, a good day, yeah. like makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. It makes a real big difference. Especially yeah. you have to learn it as well if you have a little profile because obviously I got the same thing where I'm like, someone like, people and I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at? Oh, but now people are like. I love you in that thing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool. So, yeah. like, so you have to learn to uh, Before I just be like, what's, 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 what's the what's stink eye about? Yeah, what's yeah. But people are like, oh, no, I know you, I know you from yeah, this. But, yeah. And, I, and I, I imagine people would probably be more inclined to do that. But obviously we have to look 
like we're not it's, it's not being not being a target basically mm. you don't look too too uh, easy to as a target so i think it's time for a question i think we're probably veering into the territory in uh, already it's, cool. it's a good sign of conversation so uh genesis thanks again for coming i didn't even know you came thank from you, so far you. out man no it's, it's calm man but, it's calm. Uh, i appreciate that um but yeah the uh Format is simple. Uh, we mm. invite our esteemed guest to ask a question, which we discuss, and then the his will ask a question. Then I'll ask a question. Everybody, cool. Have a nice. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you. So my question um, is really predicated on kind of what I do with my life, and the, the question is: How can you be a financially successful independent artist in this day and age? Hmm. Well, the, the first sentence that comes to my head as someone who works in television and encounters so many people in that profession is uh, work fucking hard. That would literally be number one, I think. Uh, and, and, and I think that can transcend multiple well, genres of talent. Working I think hard, that's, gonna yes. make the, that's not going to yeah. mean, that's not going to guarantee it, but that is the one. Well, no, not guarantee, but I guess it's, it's more working smart. And I guess it depends on what working hard is because working hard can be someone that does repeats and menial tasks and like, I grind on this, but it's mm. like, but then at the same time, it's like you can invest that time into learning a new skill, which makes it easier. Yeah. And even though it's out of your, com- like for example, so for example, with comedians, it's like, I remember everyone being kind of like apprehensive about getting onto social media. Mm. But I don't really know about this and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, everyone realizes now it is now an integral part of your uh, brand to yeah. be able to be on social. In, in, whether it's not necessarily like you have to engage, but it might be content or just having a website where people can find you. Yeah. And then, an, or a Facebook page where you don't even have to interact with people, but where people can, a landing page, people can find you. Mm. To, to comedians, it's a big thing. And, and, you know, people need to be able to find you. Whereas nowadays, it's like people are working at, oh, what level to which I, am I doing like Facebook Live or am I doing Insta yeah. Live and that kind of thing. So, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's you working out, working smart in that. What's going to help you to increase your profile? But, what's going to damage it? But ultimately, if you're a comedian or a musician, if you aren't delivering jokes or music at some either quality or quantity, then it's out. And that's where the hard work has, can guarantee. This you know, I don't know how much music you've released. Again, you know, we're recording this at the end of 2019 and... I'm sure you, both of you guys have made music and, and wrote jokes this year, you know? Hell of a lot. I, yeah. I think that this, this working hard versus working smart dynamic is nuts because I hear this a lot as well. So the idea of, yeah, nah, man, you got to work smart. And mm. my thing is, okay, well, what if working hard is a smart thing to do? Yeah. And that's the bit that a lot of people miss out on. They just yeah, think yeah. They're, they're looking... For the shortcut, the yeah, loophole, like yeah. yeah, cut corners and that. And Which is not what that's not working smart. Is never, that is not what it is. Yeah, yeah never. Yeah. And and that's the bit that it, it doesn't exist. And I feel like a lot of times, especially um, especially nowadays, because you're seeing artists, you're seeing creatives come up in a way that they never came up before. Yeah. So your idea or, or the way you see it is like. I didn't know my man existed. Now he's just all of a sudden he popped up from nowhere, and now yeah. he's, and it's like you think it's easy. It's like nah, you didn't see all the hard work that came with that. Yeah. Also, you don't know if he's going to be here next year. Yeah, so, exactly. well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's the build-up to the point of success or, you know, mm. financial reward in some way. To sustain that can be I mean, incredibly challenging. Yeah. And even financial reward is versus your outgoings as well, which we don't get included in these kind of things and also your tax and stuff. Yep. Um, but just wanted to tag on to your question is, uh, I think it's... Um, 
it, I guess it depends on what you define as uh, financial success. Because mm. and I say that because obviously a lot of people who may report to be earning millions, like that might be just being hemorrhaged by managerial costs, promotional costs, marketing, uh, venue hire, like promo for like tours and stuff. Yeah. So people could or studio time, yeah. all the normal trappings of. Plus now people are three sixty. So yeah. what we report as might be them making their gross. Their yeah. bottom line might be nuts. And I think I remember it, it might have been like. I think I was listening to a woman, the girl that used to be in, uh, you know, do you remember the group City High? Where the oh, song, right. What Would You Do? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the singer was yeah. a woman called Claudette Ortiz and she was saying it's like, she'd be independent. And it's like, it's because if I maybe make 500,000 with a record label, my outgoings to pay off everybody, I might not be left with like 40 grand. Mm. Whereas if I sell like, you know, 10,000 records for $10 myself independently, that's all mine. Mm. So, and the outcomes are very different. So I, I think you can be successful, but it depends on your finance. And I guess it's, I guess now they said people come up out of nowhere, but I guess it's, it, well, I said any entrepreneur is having, identifying these alternate revenue streams. Oh yeah. So for yourself, for example, it might just not just be like, you know, just making music and distributing music. It can be potentially writing for others. Mm. It can be merchandise. It can be like, the fact that now music can be used on school, not just tracks. So you could be working for like any kind of brand partnership, yep. collaborating with those kind of people as well. So I guess it's, it's just a question of you looking at your product and on that mix of like how the promotion of it and, you know, marketing of that stuff. And it's like, cause now a digital era, I, I watched, um, uh, I think it's Brent Fires. Yeah. So Brent Fires is a singer, uh, who works with a, another rapper called Gold Link from mm. like, uh, like southeastern United States, like DMV area. But I watched a documentary where he's independent, up and coming. What he was doing was that they were just looking on metrics for, I forget the app, but they would just look where he had the most like streams and the most plays and stuff. He was right. in SoundCloud. Yeah, he was in SoundCloud. Yeah. I was watching who get, where gets, what areas get the most streams geographically. Do and then what they would do is that they would use that to work out what his tour, uh, would, would, how his tour would work. Hmm. And then associate with venues there and being like, okay, so I can bring this many people here. They'll wow. pay and potentially have this much, spend this much on alcohol. And so they would just literally just go in to play to the crowd and find out where his audience was. And that was a way, rather than, you know, just having to speculate and mm. go into shows and being on a, on a dead bill with like acts or like having a janky promoter. It's like, how can we just yeah. remove the intermediaries? That is like, that's the definition of working smart right there. Mm. Um, going back to what you said about your overheads and what you're getting back. When I first started really pushing mixtapes when I was selling mixtapes in the street this is why it worked so well because we were selling mixtapes for five pounds mm-hmm. and we were getting a hundred percent of that back yeah so each each cd was only costing us I don't know I think we got down to like 40 pence in the end so that's right. 40p to make a cd mm-hmm. and we're selling it from five pound up mm-hmm. in a situation where we're selling for over a year we're selling 20,000 cds in a year yeah, yeah so that puts us in a situation where Again, it's all coming back to us. We're independent. Yeah. We're living. Also, our overhead costs. There's a reason why I do so much, so many things myself. Yeah. It's yeah. because I'm not cutting as many people in. That's why I produce myself. That's why I shoot my own videos, edit my own videos, do my own merch, all that kind of stuff. Because it, it cuts down your overheads. You put yourself in it. You're, you're so far ahead yeah. of what other people have to do to get where you are. When you find yourself doing that, uh, how do you see yourself approaching a point where just for the sake of economies of scale, you'll be delegating those tasks to other people um, or, or like outsourcing or is it, and does it help to do, because I feel like when I did a sitcom, I did a sitcom with BBC Three and I made a big part of the emphasis was creative control. Mm. Not because like, 
I just wanted to be like a megalomaniac about it. But I was like, well, given the competence you have here, if you've not had a black sitcom on a thing for 20 years, even if you wanted to help you, how would you be able to? Because you yeah. really know how to apply any kind of theory to it. Mm. But, you know, a lot of time you get like pushback on stuff like that. But, you know, I feel like it's important for you to even learn how to do these things yourself. Because even then, if you do critique something that somebody does, at least you're coming from a place where I know this myself, yep. rather than me just say, I just don't like it. You're actually 100%. working with somebody. And mm. also you can even be like, you can really play to someone else's innovation and be like, well, if we try it this way and you know about this, do you know about this and I know well, about that, this? So that, yeah. that kind of taps into a really weird element because like the hard work thing is, or yeah. works smart, working smart, it's a fairly obvious answer. But I often think instinct mm-hmm. is an unbelievably difficult thing to control. But there are definitely times, I'm sure you could both cite bits of your work where you're like, instinctually, I knew I was onto something that was good. You know, and if you can hone that and kind of accept, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not as good, and you have to work harder on the stuff that's not as good. Yeah, it's a tough, tough thing to balance. I, so that, I mean, not everyone has that humility, though. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's I get it for a lot of people. It's but you a bit, know, you've written jokes that aren't the best jokes you've written. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that bit, I had a bit of like I wrote about like strip clubs and stuff, which mm. is fine now, but that took like three years to get that down. Yeah. Because it's just it's just placing the whole and, side and, and just making. I always sure think, uh, you know, I always think music. Fuck! Like I'm glad I've never entered your business because I don't think I could ever leave a track alone. Like no, you that. don't. You never finish. It's just it's, t- yeah. it's time. Time's up. It's, we can't. We got no more time to mix. It has to be sent away. That's when it's done. Mm. I think um, that instinct comes with self awareness. Right. So yeah. it's and self awareness is really being honest with yourself and and understanding. Am I good at what I do? Like, mm, yeah. am, I, am I actually good at what I do? So yeah, self-awareness, yeah, yeah. So once you Big actually understand, uh, you know what, I can really, there's, there's, so, there's so many things in life that I can say, yeah, I'm not the best at that, I'm not the best at that. But there's certain things that when I can say, no, nah, no, nah, I've got this. And you're going to have, like you said, you're going to have pushback, especially when you're doing a lot of different things. Yeah. With me, when it comes to outsourcing, I won't, I won't let that go because I am a megalomaniac control yeah. freak, yeah? Mm-hmm. But I won't let it go until I know I feel it's safe. Yeah, good like, things, of course. No, no, no. Yeah, they got it. Or and they're gonna come up with something better than I that I can come up with. Of course. Otherwise, why else would you employ the yeah, person? Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. I, I, and I, I feel completely agree. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of times, especially in in what I do, I'm surrounded by, or I'm, I'm in an industry where there are a lot of people with opinions. Yeah. But there's nothing behind it. It's just a case of they just want to hear themselves talk. Yeah, so, some people want to say something. Yeah, like, like, something to say. And it's like yeah. I've got an idea, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, 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 and they're like, yeah, but what about if we did that, that? And I'm just like, I'm, I'm nodding, but at the same time, I'm like, no, we ain't doing yeah, none of that. Yeah, we're not like, doing that. Yeah, I mean, we're not I've doing. Had, that. I've had that. I filmed a, yeah. a, a, a sitcom pilot, and they were like, what if we said this? And I was like, yeah, we'll consider it, man. It's got to act together. I was like, none of that is gonna feature yeah. in the script. Oh, <laughs> it's the best so. version of that in comedy is when you come off stage, right? And yeah, yeah. someone you might know who you respect. Maybe this happens less and less the higher you get up in comedy, but I'm sure when you was kicking, you know, kicking around to start with, yeah. people be like, have you thought about putting that on that joke? Oh, it's like, it depends on the person. That's but, what I was going to say. Yeah, like, so I, I've, I've heard that from, um, I've, I've, I've seen Josh Howey, who's a very smart comedian that's been around for 20 years. Very good. And he would give you a comment that you'd probably take. Yeah. Right. Because oh, yeah. he would write a really good writer. Whereas sometimes if you were in the early stage of your career and someone's like, have you thought about that punchline? Like, yeah. But it, it depends. No. But it depends on the person though. Yeah. Who is? I said, yeah. Because someone could be new, but if I'm like, this person normally writes good jokes, right, okay, yeah. I might listen to them. But yeah, someone like Josh Howard, listen, but it, that for me is in any kind of, uh, what's of any kind of uh, exchange that involves a power status. Mm. I'm always on the look at who that person is. 
before I take it on board. Mm. So, like, for example, my I never sought to kind of, like, beef with authoritarians like teachers or, like, whether it be, like, anything extracurricular. But my whole thing is, where you where is your uh, authority coming from? Because mm. my parents are just like, well, these people work every day and they put food on the table and they put light and heat in the house and they put clothes on my back. So <laughs> when they tell me something, it's from a position whereby these people constantly work for my welfare. Mm. There's a consistent looking out for my welfare, so I'm going to listen to them. But mm. when I do this, why? Because I said so. That's not good enough reason. Well, and in, create, in creative industry, yeah, it is a subject. It, it's just opinion, right? It 100% is, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, doing what I do, which is different to what you guys do, but there are similarities. You know, I will be convinced that I've come up with a good idea for a TV show and uh, often get told to shut the fuck up. And, you know, occasionally I'm really right and... Children's BAFTA, children's BAFTA. Yeah, we won a BAFTA for a fucking... I I got... You won't know this story, but I've told this story too many times. I'll do the quick version, which is I was trying to turn my girlfriend into my wife, so I befriended her cat when I was drunk and thought, actually, a a game show for cats... Just so you know, (laughs) like, it sounds like, yeah, he said, I'm trying to befriend her cat, and you're like, oh, that's a cool euphemism. (laughs) It's not, you know, he means her actual cat. That's that's the the thing. And the cat was funny, so I thought, oh, what about a game show for cats? Three years later, two series on Sky and a BAFTA. So, oh, and, and a lot of people, even people I'm friends with, uh, who I still go for a drink with, you thought I was fucking wrong. And I wasn't. I was right. People want to watch fucking animals playing I, games. I, had this, I, had I this. believed in it, Howard. I believed in the you show. Always, yeah. <laughs> comedians loved it. Comedians yeah. exactly. loved it. And I believed in lasagna you made that night too. That, exactly. You, you remember so. in my flat in Holloway. You watched yeah, yeah. it. I was like cash cats. <laughs> I, had this, I had this exact situation last week. So a friend of mine, um, called me up and was like, oh, you're, make, you're, you're working on your album. I was like, yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, you should get so-and-so. There's somebody that I know um, who's like a, a quite a big a big comedian. Like, oh, you should get him on it to do something. And I was like, yeah, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, if you want that, go do your own mixtape. Yeah, it's like, I do what I do. Stop telling me, giving me advice on a, on a stuff you, don't, you know nothing about. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and sometimes you, you kind of got to put your foot down and just be like, nah, man, this is you what I to. do. I do this. You don't do that. You yeah. do what you do. Exactly. Let me do what I do. And it's, and it's, a, it's a very, uh, it's, a, one, it's one of the earliest uh, skills you should learn if you are entering the field of entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship or even the creative industry because mm. it's subjective and everyone's got their uh, two pence to add to the thing even though when you're grinding, they're not there. Never. But they'll be like, why don't you do that? Like I said, mm. so you, but you have to be like, look, this... Thank you, but no thank you. So, yeah, hard work, instinct, and then I'm going to give you my last one, in my opinion. Uh, and I think we can all agree, you just get lucky right. at times, right? Something lucky will happen now and again. Well, You'll you get, find you, a you moment get, you of... Preparation and <clears throat> luck is opportunity and preparation. So opportunities will come along and then... Got to be ready. Got to be ready. But, but there'll just be these little sliver of moments where you're like, huh... If that person had been in a different mood that day, their reaction might have... You know, but you know... If but they I were think, late and, you know, those but I, moments... But I say, even though... And I know... And we could argue it's fate as well, but I still yeah, think there is... A, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, really. which, I, which I think is yeah, good, yeah, but yeah. I, I think there is still an element of preparation for that. Oh, not, definitely, not, yeah, yeah. It may not be a very conscious act, but because you are somebody, Howard, like, if someone's having a shitty day, seeing someone like you is not going to exasperate that. Mm. And that's come from <laughs> you learning over years how you manage your people and how you interact with other human beings. So even though you're like, yeah. that person was lucky that they came in that day... They could have had a different attitude if you were a different person. But I'm like, they're probably like, oh, fuck. Howard's all right, I guess. Yeah. And that, that can make a big difference like, in how you speak. So even like for, with me, with the whole thing that suddenly came about in terms of like being lucky, is that 
year, when I, I think it was like the first time I went to Edinburgh, I was at the Potterow doing the BBC showcase and the runner was there and stuff like that. Like, I didn't know about the distinction between people in a, in a, on a set. Like, you're mm. human beings, whatever it is. I talk to everyone the same. And I don't mean that in like a, like a obnoxious way. Like, I'm, I just say, everyone, give me a fucking split. I mean, it's in like, I'm just like, please and thank you to everyone. I don't care what your job is. Yeah. So one of the runners, she, so the, the BBC comedy commissioner, Shane Allen at the time, comes to my show then enjoys the show and says, my manager, what else you got? So that let it, it precipitated into being mm. Sunny D. But the, uh, one of these runners was telling my friend, she was like, when I did that showcase, Dane was the only person that spoke to me like I was a human being. She went on to be his PA hmm. for the community commissioner. So obviously, like most people do, he's like, all right, so pff, delegating, right? He's like, so who should we go and see and blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, mm. this guy's pretty good. And he's like a nice person. She's like, cool, whatever makes my job easier. So, you know, but that preparation come from, came from the fact that I was always going to be aware, no matter whatever lofty heights you reach, mm. you're not above anybody. Yeah. Because that same runner who no one else could even look her in the face to ask her to bring him drinks turns out to be the right-hand woman for BBC's comedy commissioner. Got to have humility. So you have to have it. That's so another, I think the way to be... Yeah, so don't to, be a prick. Don't be a prick. So I think <laughs> to wait... simple, to be, isn't it? Yeah, my like, mate's got that like, tattooed on his arm. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. yeah. Serious. There you go. I like that. My no, mate no, Matt, no. you remember Matt? Exactly, and then somebody would don't be like... Don't be a dick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> cool. not taking that advice every day, to be fair, but he tries. <laughs> he's trying, man. He's he tries. Well, then you just say, why are you hitting yourself, stupid? I like that question, because I sometimes think we get many different types of people coming to listen to this show, and I think we get a lot of artists come to this show who listen to it because it has a wide collection of people on it I think that'll hopefully help them in some way me too that's been one of the biggest things in like in in my career I'd say is the fact that I've always just been hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Just nice to people. Just like because you because mm. you and, and not not because of, oh you never know who somebody is. It's not even that. It's just like what other reason? We, would yeah, you we're have, all just yeah. going we're, through we're like through, yeah. yeah, all I on mean, the same thing. Like. Part of the whole thing of why I'm doing a creative journey is because I want to dispense with these ideas of status and power and stuff like that. And because these are restrictive, so it's like I want to be free in it. Mm. And part of my freedom means that I'm in track with any other sentient being on the same level, in it. So yeah. that's how I see it. It's like why if I'm free, I don't need to take away from someone else's power or their yeah. status yeah. for me to feel stronger because I'm mm. free in it. No one's holding me down. So I don't need to visit that on anyone else. And I also feel like as well, it's almost as if I think a lot of people in these industries, they, uh, 
are very used to being able to get away with a lot of passive aggression. Because I just think that the people are just not naturally confrontational in creative industries, or just human beings in general. Mm. We're not predisposed to be aggressive. So when people are a bit like sardonic or a bit sarcastic and they're rude or like that, people are like, well, did they say that? I'm not really sure. Whereas yeah. <laughs> when, you're in the, when you're independent, you learn. Mm. Like my thing is that like, I'll make someone know, like it doesn't have to be a madness, but I'm like, you're not going to fucking talk to me like that though. Yeah. Again. Mm. And yeah, that's yeah. the only time I've ever had altercation with people in comedy. So for that is where it's been like, we are, we they've crossed the boundary and I've had to remind them mm. that I have no superior to anybody else yeah. but made, that might work with other people but there's no reason to speak to me in that manner and, yeah. I, and I won't have it because I won't do that to anybody else yeah. so, and that's a lesson for every listener no every matter what listener. you're fucking working on don't be a prick and also because Genesis grew up in Brixton so he knows if you say something to the wrong person you really? may go home yeah, with yeah. some of your face missing <laughs> in it so there's no reason to be real nice because you know, things can get very real <laughs> <laughs> now it's interesting I'm going to move this conversation into my question Carl, to hip hop Okay, which uh, a shared interest in this room and with so. many of our many of our listeners, I often like to kind of reference my seventy three year old Jewish mother who doesn't understand many elements. We had Beardy Man on. Okay. Uh, I asked him about beatboxing, and uh, it was quite educational for my cool. mum. He did a song. He did a, a song. Wate, for my mom. A Wate was on. Yeah, and 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 some. To- but I Reggie Yates, formerly known as MC Busy. <laughs> <laughs> Way back in the day, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spitting, okay. spitting. It'll come back. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. More the garage, though. But I was watching uh, an episode of a show on Netflix called Rhythm and Flow. I don't know if you've seen any of this show. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I heard I it. I would describe it as an X Factor style hip hop oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a simple explanation to it. And I've got my own opinions on that show. I can tell you guys haven't seen it. My opinion is. These guys haven't got the flow. Right. I'm watching this. Something's off. Like when you're watching a rapper doing his thing, whether it be on, you know, firing the booth from radio, whatever you want. You know, I've seen enough of it live. You know, when someone's got flow. Yeah. So what the fuck is it? What is flow? Like I was, it's now this name, part of this name of this show, this big show, big Netflix it's, it's show. Cha- it's changed over the years. I would say myself. I'm only going to jump in now because we're going to speak to the more learned expert. Well, and, and, and I must say, having having you know, because I always research the guests, kind of went through, diff- through quite a bit of your back catalogue, and I would say that your flow has 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 changed at points, which is and and, and you know, or, or there there are differences at points in it, hundred uh, percent, which isn't always the case. Uh, you know, well, you, which you kind of need, I guess. But that's for me. That's a function of uh, just a sonic function anyway because if you want people to keep paying attention you have to change your pace and your pitch anyway as you would as a singer as well like with a song you'd have like a uh, the bridge and a you know an mm. outro and a coda and a crescendo of whichever way yeah. but for me I, flow I mean it's changed over the years for me because a flow to me was like I use someone if you look at this the most basic setup of like a hip hop song or a performing Oh, let's say rapping rather than mm. performing rapping is like you'd have your beat mm. and the beat would be at a certain beats per minute and you adapt your flows basically how your voice and your delivery of your lyrics kind of marries with that beat and you know that would be either like I guess boom bap or you'd hit early east coast mm. or you'd have like a lot slower with a west coast and then I guess the south is even slower especially if you go to like Texas is like screwed and chopped mm-hmm. so that's even more distorted and then you've got like uh, Go-Go in like 
DMV in Southwest and that's a very different sound as well hmm. and so I mean there's no like really quintessential flow and then obviously over here you've got a lot of like garage and jungle and Durham and bass and that's 140 beats per minute and then how you spit on that but then that same flow will work to somebody like Twister and like you know Chicago sound but then you've got drill in the Chicago now it's very different and then now with the auto-tune so and then now you've got rapper and some rappers now where the whole thing with the whole southern thing and the mumble rap is that their voice is really the melody itself rather than mm, them like an instrument yeah which is so rather than actually rapping on the beat their mm. voice themselves is almost like it's just two beats running and almost like to the point where what they're saying doesn't really matter because the, the beat yeah the vibe and the, even the mm. aesthetic that's been created where they're going to listen to his music is what counts so that's why the guy what you hear is just him almost almost going backwards where he's like an MC where he's just like ha yeah like very early like break beats yeah, kind of yeah. thing so flow has changed a lot over the year and then you've got people like Blueface who don't not even on the beat off beat off beat completely and that, <laughs> apparently that's supposed to be like very unique and that's a skill that's required as well but I don't know I mean it might be I just have older ears and I can't understand how that works see I think that's all flow man because I feel like so yeah. I feel like flow in essence I feel like flow and rhythm are kind of the same thing yeah mm. so it's that whole thing of you know like if you're talking to you first meet a girl yeah and you're having yeah. a conversation. How that conversation flows. Like, yeah, if yeah. you're just natural with it, it's going back and forth. It's yeah. a conversation. It's just, it's just in it. Same with when you're on a beat. You're just with the beat. Like, the music, I will say the music tells you what to say. The music tells you what to do. Mm. That's how you how you feel it. And for me, your flow should change with not only just how you're feeling, but it should change with the beat, change with the music, because mm. you're trying to get a certain feeling across like you mentioned about the the mumble rappers and it's not about what they're saying it's the yeah. vibe what's the vibe yeah, yeah. They're, they're giving you the vibe yeah and that's what you're feeling and, and you're you judge it by something different you don't judge future the same way you judge ghostface yeah because they're doing two totally different things yeah well OD, odb you know that was that, oh, that is that flow but we used to like yeah. be like it's hard but that's like what a lot of mumble rappers are doing now like I said, 100% they, 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 mm. the voice is the instrument so ODB was ahead of his time with that mm. Reese so, Maneuver as well he's got a song on, yeah. a, on the first album where he's just he's just mumbling man mm. yeah, yeah. you can't understand what he's, to this day I can't understand what he says on that song but, but you, you feel what he's you know what he's trying to say you feel it, yeah, as I mentioned you, you, when I was listening to your back catalogue you, yours has adapted I guess is the right phrase or changed or somebody wrote a, um, a, somebody wrote a an interview somebody wrote a review on my last project and they said uh, if Genesis Elijah's flow was an element it would be water like Brucey says be like water and to me I'm like thank you man and that's that's how I always want to be like I'm I make the music I like to listen to. Mm -hmm. That's as far as it goes. It's never like, I've had people tell me, oh, nah, man, you're trying to do stuff that's too modern or now nah, you're trying to do stuff that's too boom. I'm just like, listen, one day I might wake up feeling to make this kind of music. Mm. That's the music I'm going to make. It's as simple as that. And you can do this and because you're independent, go and do that's yourself. That's it. So, so if so you have so the freedom... Can tell, so no one can tell you nothing. So nah, man. Yeah, I like it. I, I find it interesting because I'm a... Uh, 
you know, like a passionate listener to it. I've never made any 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 of the music myself, but like I don't believe you. I can prove it at the end of this exactly. podcast. You know, people say fifteen minutes of fame. Everyone's had sixteen bars 15, of fame. Everyone's got sixteen bars of fame. But but I'll spot like a correlation. Like so, there were bits when I was listening to your early stuff where I heard like it's like cooking, isn't it? It's like hints of like exhibit like in there. I don't know if you've ever had that. As people say that before, but that kind of fl- flow. Yeah. And I had a moment a while back when I was listening to Ghostface Killer, who to me is, I love his solo work. Yeah. I love the way he remixes three albums and there's three versions of them, and I love all that. Uh, and then listening to him, I realised, oh fuck, he sounds exactly like. Action Bronson or Action Bronson sounds exactly like him. There was a big thing about it. Because that's it. Because I just, I just listen to it and occasionally I'll hear in, com- oh, yeah, in yeah, conversation yeah. I'll get to understand more of the culture or what's gone on. But I was like, fuck, that's a real similarity. And then I was like, yeah. and you obviously told me that it was it's, it was a beef, but. Should it really be a problem? Like, they just have a similar flow, I mean, it depends right? if you've got yeah. to acknowledge it. Just yeah. Because of Ghostface, I mean, it's a very distinctive flow. It's very distinctive. Mm. So it's not like, I mean, there are a lot of East Coast and New York rappers where it's relatively interchangeable and they're not really that distinguished. In the same way, they are with like a lot of Chicago drill rappers, but Ghostface, that, that's an unmistakable. But you know what? See, I was on this year, on this, on this exact, on the Ghostface... Um, Action Bronson thing They have similar voices yeah. They have similar cadence But they don't rap the same Not at all mm. And, yeah, I'm yeah, all, and I'm, so well, yeah. I never got that at first I was like Why do people think They sound the same Then I was like Oh the voices sound it's similar It's just the voice But as far as How they rap What they rap about no, completely What different. they rap about Totally opposite completely I mean I've never yeah. heard Ghostface Killer talk about food Do you know what I mean that's, Like yeah, That's half yeah. of Action Bronson stuff yeah, isn't yeah, it? Or Tony about, Stark He's never talking about exactly. Tony Stark is he Only action. food that he spoke about Is fish scale Fish scale That's only I can think of it's amazing it's, um, but yeah I um, yeah flows cause I, in terms of flow like, and like I said rhythm is a good point because they, they are very, quite similar because when I'm rehearsing for like tour or shows my manager will go through rehearsals with me and a lot of times he would be like try not to speak melodically because he knows sometimes like when I'm trying to learn something yeah. then I try and maybe speak in a way the flow just so it goes continues to go ahead and yeah. it's quite calming and I think what people say is like if your vibration is at like is it 7 to 8 megahertz some, so it's, it's like, like the earth the earth yeah, yeah, yeah so it's like yeah. trying to get to that like low See. low uh, low frequency high vibration kind of thing right just because then it's like because then it is like because I mean I've not really I'm a big music nerd but like not music inclined but I'll try to re- replicate as much as possible in terms right. of like even when I write material I might write in a form of like here are some bars and then that's the cool. hook yeah, sometimes, yeah, or sometimes yeah, I get the hook yeah, first or sometimes it's just a title in it it's like, it could be a phrase I'm like that phrase works to get some stuff behind it. Kind that's of how I so make music though. This, this is what I'm saying because yeah. obviously I grew up around a lot of musicians so it's like you do a few bars and it's like alright but this is a lyric and this is lyric is bad so I don't know if it will go where it's going to go where it's, it's going to go, go but yeah. this is a thing these, these two bars yeah. these two stanzas here mm-hmm. they're going to bang I just yeah. need to work out where and, that's, and it's the same thing with me it might, it might not even bang into this thing but it might bang on a podcast so it might, now it might, it might even bang in a sitcom mm. script yeah. or bang in a sketch yeah. but it's there I, so, but my flow in terms of like it's always trying to deliver it in a way where it's like especially because of the subject matter I discuss. Mm. And a lot of stuff is very acerbic and I, I want a lot of stuff to be quite alarmist. So it means that my flow is almost as if my head's, I'm not even paying attention. See. So I always try and keep it as if like my whole aesthetic is that we're just having a spliff in like a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm all saying stuff that's almost like throwaway. It's matter of fact. It's matter of yeah, fact, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So that rather than it being accusatory, especially yeah. if you're dealing with like race relations with the UK, people are very like, uh, you know, they're very... Uh, Guarded about it kind yeah. of thing. 
So you almost have to find a subversive way where it's like, no, not you love, but obviously you know yep. it's, it's because, it, yeah. And so it's always, a, it's always a way, like even if I want to discuss my sexuality, like as a heterosexual black man, that's like six four. Like people already have their connotations about what sexuality means to me in it. So yeah. I always have to kind of subvert it and say everything that's else apart from mad. talk about it. So yeah, flow, flow, I think flow is just, yeah, it's, it's a combination of all these things of like your, your uh, vocal rhythm and mm. your cadence. And it's gonna make a difference in that how I speak to an audience at Live at the Apollo is very mm. different to like if there's, because this is literally happened. The first minute Live at the Apollo, it's like 4,000 people. The next day, 14 people in the audience at another mm. gig at Bethnal Green. Same. But, and it's just adjusting the energy because yeah. if you're 4,000 people, yeah, if 1,000 people don't like you, you probably won't even notice. Mm. If there's 14 people and four people don't like you. You fucking know. Yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, the reason, but even then, how people react in that room is very different because mm. how I'm talking to you guys now, I don't have to shout. Whereas yeah, yeah, if yeah. there's a room full of people, I have mm. to project a bit more. Yeah. And so I have to apply that, because uh, I guess for me, the comedy is like you're emulating conversation. So you apply that where it's like, I've seen people go out and they try and do their set to the audience and that audience is like, well, there's only eight of us here. So like, no one's gonna be like busting up and cracking up yeah. because they just look crazy. So yeah. you almost have to be like, I have to, I'll do my material like I'm talking to you now and be like, yeah. so basically like, this is the thing that like, so men and women, but you're, you just change your flow. Yeah. Not because you're pandering, but it's just like, nah. it just suits the- 100%. The, the, the ambience of the room and just suits the whole-, the whole, the whole Even when I do shows, exactly the same thing. When you're doing smaller shows, you actually have more time. Like your, your flow changes because you can actually chill a bit. Yeah. And in between songs, you can talk. Now, do, so, you, yeah, ever watch, intimacy, yeah. do you ever watch that tiny desk thing I on do, YouTube, yeah, yeah. which yeah. I think has some of the best- like you're talking about type of performances mm. where you can see they're really relaxed. They've got like 25 people watching yeah. them. People just do it in such a good way on that. It's so show. relaxed. T-Pain didn't even use the watching to do the first he couple of things because he, he didn't need it. Yeah, yeah. You could argue he didn't really need it. But like, yeah, I just... Um, do you see Dave... Rapper. I haven't watched that yet, man. I, I started but, watching it. It's, it's pretty cool because you've got the piano as well. Yeah, it was just interesting to see it. Yeah, yeah. Brought back to uh, instruments, to simple, like, it was, it was yeah, nice. Yeah, it's cold, man. It's cold. It's very cold. But yeah, I think... Like lyrics are like you know material, mm. then flow is like delivery in it. Yeah. So, but you know, a big, a big part of that delivery is yeah, is you understanding who you are. Yeah. And what you're putting forward, and yeah. I feel like whenever flows off, it's because you're you're like you know when someone's not real. You yeah. can yeah. sense it. Or even or myself, myself especially when I first started writing comedy yeah. and trying to write stuff that was funny. Yeah. That didn't work, and then because. I started off doing like mainly black circuit shows and like urban shows as, as they were mm. called, yeah. And so everyone's mad animated and everyone's jumping on and they're coming on and dancing and doing rocket down and all these, and people are like cleaning up the floor with their clothes. And I'm just like, I don't, what's that? So I won't do that, but you come on stage and I'd always try and be like animated and it would never really work. Mm. Yeah. And it was only when I was just like, do you know what? And as soon as I went deadpan and stopped caring about like trying to smile mm. or do things and just be deadpan and deliver the jokes, yeah. then everything changed because everyone, everyone was just like, do you know the things you're saying are funny, but you're not laughing? And that they, because people couldn't get their head around it. Mm. And, but was, I guess what's like sarcasm and being like deadpan is not, not, yeah. not new to them. But seeing a black guy do deadpan, like black audience hasn't seen that before. No. And then for white audiences, they don't really see deadpan either because they used to like, what they define as like acerbic or being angry, they think that's a very animated thing. Mm. Whereas I can say very edgy things without having to raise my voice mm. or appear to be like angry. And people are yeah, just like, very few comedians do that. Yeah, yeah. Jack D obviously did it successfully for many years, but yeah, yeah. very different. But very few people do it, but and, and especially for me as well, because it was almost an act of rebellion, because it's like, mm. I mean, I know how you want me to sound, but that doesn't really <laughs> change anything. And I can indulge the whole, we can make all these phallic jokes and stuff like that, but that's not going to challenge it. If you speak to people the way they, 
And, I, and I've seen this so many times with my flow where like we've done shows at members clubs and like, mm. you know, and a lot of everyone else has been like, you guys are posh and blah, blah, blah. And these guys are like, well, they're the most guilty about their status, the middle classes. So they, they, they're already guarded and then people, and then people are like, I'm, I'm poor compared to you. <laughs> and for them, the whole thing is uncomfortable. Yeah. Whereas with me, it's like, I don't even have to use any identity politics. And this is, so this thing for flow for me, that's why it works because I don't need to tell you I'm a feminist. I don't need to tell you about my status or my level of education. Mm. How I flow and deliver, it will permeate in my material anyway. Mm. So it, it's, it's it, definitely, me, it's like, it definitely applies to more than just uh, than hip hop, isn't it? That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can tell you who hasn't got any flow at the moment at time of recording. Arsenal. Oh, God. <laughs> We're not going to go into it. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that in football terms, yeah. that is the lowest amount of flow I've ever witnessed in that team in my fucking life. And, it's, and, and, and football is a really good example of flow. You say, yeah. see someone, see Sterling at the moment, the last couple of years, and he's just got that thing. He's, he's just, he's just, Some, well, someone to identify that, though, because, you know, again, the product was that he's a baller, but mm. it's someone that applies that, and that's what Pep did. Yeah, Pep yeah. made him, Pep gives him, like, the aptitude to play like, because, you know, Mohim Sterling is agile, he's fast, despite his size, you know, so physically, there's a lot of sensibilities of a, very, of a continental European player in it. Yeah, yeah. Now, historically in England, they really had to hone and develop that. Yeah, yeah. Which is why you see people like, um, oh, what's the kid's name? Um, Foden. No, no, um, the kid who's at Borussia Dortmund. Oh, Sancho. Sancho, yeah, or Raheem being under Pep. Mm. But you see how people flourish. Like, imagine if, like, Pep was at Man City when, like, Sean Wright Phillips was there or something like that. Yeah. Or, like, you know, point. or play, like, someone to develop someone like Bradley, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Listeners, I've got, got a blank stare on my face right now. If you don't, you can't tell. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing about true. football. I'm just like... Uh, no, I hope you both have mold, you know, the happiest flow you can have in the coming years. Frankly, oh, for frankly. sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the difference as well, isn't it? You can tell when someone's loving what they're, you know, you know, yeah. they're not they're not liking it. Exactly. They're, they're off. Um one more question from Dane. One more question, which I hope is not the cliche question you get asked all the time and uh, the rest of it. I um just, I mean, just even just looking at the list of common people you worked with and kind of stuff now, uh, I would say, you know, there's a lot of people on this list who kind of laid the groundwork because mm. I was, let me rephrase it. Basically, so far as like British rap yeah. is in the best state I've ever seen it in my life in a way that I wouldn't even have imagined. Never. Never. Like what, just the next, like people like, you know, to see someone like Fredo, mm. like in charts or like yeah. Ambush, Buzzworld, like, just to, how they, these guys deliver, I wouldn't even imagine it would be at this level. Like, it's, it's, this is, these days are amazing. And yeah. we will look back and say these are halcyon days for the scene. Mm. The thing being that there was, obviously, this has not been like an explosion out of nowhere. This has been years and two, three generations. Like, we're not like four generations deep like America, but we're now, maybe three now. Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah if you think yeah. about like Rodney P yeah. versus like, you know... Uh, I guess like a, I don't know, like a, like a Russ Millions. Mm. Like that's got to be like three generations, yeah, two yeah. to three generations. Yeah, I'll say three. Yeah, three. Yeah. So yeah. my question is, do you feel that uh, rappers of today show enough reverence to rappers of before? No. And I don't even think, like, I'm in two minds, man. I mean, yeah. in, in one way, I feel like 
it's nice if you do have respect for those who came before you, mm-hmm. but you're not obligated to do that. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I also feel like, like you said, there's so much space in between what those guys were doing yeah. and what guys are doing now. Yeah. It's sometimes it's hard to even see how they even connect. We know they do connect, but I feel like as, as far as like musically and the, uh, okay, take it back. The reason why rap is, the reason why uh, black urban music is where it is today has more to do with those behind the scenes yeah. than those who were pioneering the music. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Rodney P still killing it. Yeah. Um, all those guys, Black Twang, Roots Maneuver, Kalashnikov just dropped a new album. Those guys who are, are, are I would class as pioneers, mm-hmm. they did a lot f- musically, but that's not what helped the scene get where it is today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, really and truly, if we're going to talk about, like, have an honest conversation, the, the reason why the scene is where it is today is because there were a lot of... Uh, business people in inverted commas putting money into the game mm-hmm. and a lot of people behind the scenes sacrificing situations to get it where it needs to be yeah. so we talk about managers like Benny Scars who yeah, put yeah. in serious work we talk about Darkest we talk about mm. Austin we talk about guys Did who Darkest how Darkest or... yeah really? um, people that people that were in the scene that in the music game yeah, from yeah. before okay. who have been in situations that are really just helping the scene mm-hmm. These are people that you. These are the ones who really got the game where it is. Yeah, Semtex. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, for sure. So I'm saying. So Semtex, Westwood. Two, all se- these people. Two seven nine. Two seven nine. Yeah, like yeah. those are the guys who really help get the, get the music where it needs to be because mm-hmm. they were opening doors that they weren't really they weren't available to us. Um, and where where the game is now, it's it's amazing to see. Yeah. Um, oh, trust me. I like. For me, and for me, it's not even just like tunes and charts. It's, it's the fact that. Like you know, disturbing Ibiza is a brand on itself. Do you know what I mean? Murky Ibiza, like you know, yeah. There's so many other facets. Even the marriage of finally the marriage of British domestic music with like pop culture in the form of like football and stuff. Yeah. Even when you see like you know your Rashfords and your yeah. like, footballers like yeah showing their love to people or like you know someone like Zaha who fucks with like Crepton Conan. And yeah. It's it's in. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's a good point that it's, it's more to do with people behind the scenes that kind of facilitate all of this. Yeah, man. And I don't think, like, I, I know, especially because I, I work with young people, mm-hmm. so I get to, to see who they listen to. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you, you know about, so, and I play them old music, yeah. they, people they never heard of, and they're like, oh, that's cold. But they had no, they had no idea about it. Yeah. And there is, there is a middle ground. So when you talk about, like, Kano, Wiley, a lot of the grime guys, they did take their musical influence from a lot of the rappers. So yeah. they, will, they will mention Black Twine, they will mention Kalashnikov. But then, and again, you might talk to some of the newer rappers, you might then mention Kano, might mention Wiley, that yeah. kind of stuff. So music, it does, it does. It, it, obviously, there is that lineage, but as far as like... But our lineage, it's different, you're right, because it's different, because the thing is, it's like, when, you know, because I find that like garage and rap is almost incomparable, only because it's like, if you look at the... Uh, the journey of U- US hip hop. Yeah. It's like from disco, you had like the break beats and then MC that's been on the break beats and you had like Rapper's Delight and then obviously 80s and kind of boom yeah. bap and then that would evolve and you had like Schooly D doing like gangster rap and then you had like, you know, obviously the platinum age or the golden age of, of hip hop then the platinum age and like the late noise and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas here it's more like you'd have had 
jungle, which may have been honed the uh, the MC aspect of it. Yeah. But then you had and drum and bass. But then you had garage, which was like four by four, and was like the champagne scene, yeah. which was very equivalent to like disco. Yeah. And then the kids that couldn't get into those raves and couldn't afford the champagne and stuff, obviously, but they still had a certain affinity with the music. These are the people that would have had made grime. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. and then from the grime, I guess from grime, you could argue, I suppose you're funky. So it's almost going trying to go back to those kind of roots in the same way that yeah. like Americans doing R and B and hip hop started trying to do like EDM shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then yeah. now, I guess because now there's less stakeholders that can control that music, you're seeing how it's materializing. Where it's like, like British drill is does very well globally now. You know, yeah, I love drill. And I love the yeah, way, like, me too. just just how, and it's so funny as well because, like, 2015, I think, maybe 2016, I remember saying to myself, "Nah, Drew's dead, man. Drew ain't gonna wait, ain't gonna make it for another summer." Mm. Yeah, and yeah. now look at it. Because so, you know what? For me, I think it's folk because Drew is so close to like a style of hip hop, like a American style of hip hop that I probably enjoyed. Like when I hear them man spitting, it's like they sound like this more deep and stuff. Yeah. But but it's almost like having those distorted beats that you of you get from Atlanta and from people like Future and stuff. Like when you hear like a drill yeah. bass line, it's like yeah. yeah. The sound is, is so, the but, sound but, is so different. I think the sound is different, the slang is different. Yeah, yeah. The way it's the way it's delivered, flow totally different. Completely yeah. like and I feel like to me, as like a an older rapper, I love it because it's like I don't know, man. It's like you're looking at you're looking at your child, but you're looking at a child you didn't raise, and just seeing it flourish. You're just like, right, no, and, and it's cold. flourished, Dave. Because some, some of these yeah. brothers are tight. Like, what was it? So you know, when the um, is it Gunlin? Maybe the Gunlin remix. Yeah. The first time I heard this kid, because I'm like years yourself, I was like, I'm not sure if I even get this shit. Yeah. And so some kid called Digga D. Yeah, man. Changed like, the game. Yeah, he murdered it. Yeah, yeah. He, he did change it because yeah. then it was like this is more in line with I understand it. Like this is very clear. Like because a lot of stuff is very much deep down in slang and stuff, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is their own world, isn't it? So yeah. I can't even complain about it. Yeah. Because I remember one time, literally one time, yeah, I was with my dad in the car, yeah, and I was listening to something. <laughs> I can't remember what I was listening to. It might have even been like some dance hall, you know, like like bookshelf. Yeah. And my dad listens to like rare grooves or like like literally listens to a radio show on pirate called the Rice and Peace Hour, like on a Sunday. Right, like, okay. And I remember I think I was listening to that. I listened to the next song and he, and he was like you listen to this crap and I was just like mm. <laughs> and I think and, then I, and I see a lot of old people are like this music is dead nowadays and I'm like this is how you sounded before yeah. it? So I think it's very important like I'm never going to try and understand all of it fully yeah. but you always leave yourself quite open to see what people are going with it so it's had to evolve isn't it it, it, could, it couldn't Which, stay and that's why we're all wondering you know. where it's going next and, and it's really testament to like just how ingenious like young creativity is and even young black creativity <laughs> is because like, you know, with drill and stuff, it's like, it's like samples and nothing. It's like, nice different bass lines. The yeah. snare patterns are different. Yeah. So, well, it's partly yeah. that and partly because it's, it's gestation period of growth has yeah, yeah. only been, let's say now, are we going to say 30, 40 years of, of, of kind of able to buy hip hop on record? That's, mm. I know there's, yeah, been, there's true, roots yeah. before. True, yeah. Whereas when you, I often think, <laughs> I often think how much hip hop I listen to that's been released in the last decade. And then as someone who grew up on like, I used to love a band like Oasis or whatever, mm-hmm. how little of that I hear that I will ever want to listen to. And that's because I guess it's just been milked to death. Yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just yeah, so yeah. little originality in it But see, this, but it's, and that was, you know, and previously that was always almost the plight of the black creative because, like, we are our uh, speed in terms of musical innovation. It's too fast for everyone. Mm. Because like I said, even when we discuss hip-hop in just in terms of America as a landscape, what we understand as hip hop and what is exported to the world is not even begins to cover 
how big that is. Yeah. In the same way that, like, if you come to here, like, in the south, we were, we had garage, but old grime. Up north, they got baseline niche. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't even hear about that until I got to Ainapa. Mm. Whereas in America, it's like, it's very similar. It's like, you go to the west coast, mm. and even that's changed, so the poles have changed. Where the west coast, that was, like, home of gangster rap, when really it started in Philadelphia with Schooly D. And then a whole PSK thing. Whereas now they're like the conscious guys now in the West, mm. which started by apparently a brother called Blue. But then you've got like Hyphy, you had Hyphy as well yeah, yeah, in the yeah, Bay yeah, Area. Yeah. And then you got like, you go to like Seattle and people like Macklemore, which is also very different. And then you got Chicago, which is drill, but mm. also that's, but that's South. But then you also got like your Chance of Rappers mm. and your Kanye's, which is also very different. And then in Philadelphia, you also, you got like your Meek Mills, mm. but then you've also got your roots. Yeah. So, yeah. The sound and the speed at which it evolves has always been. Yeah, I'll tell madness. you the one thing to go back to the question uh, you asked about. You know, do the, do the, does the present um, show enough respect to the past? Is kind of part of what you were asking. I, yeah, and I, th- I think it, it, the short I, answer was no. But 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 then things evolve. So Spotify. Yeah now offers anyone who listens to anything yeah. that has the relation you the, you might like oh it's like this i think that is a really good democratization of yeah music, to an extent it? i think it's very good um also it yeah. opens people's eyes to, to other things i know it won't be perfect but at the but same time it's also people my age now we hear samples of songs that we enjoyed as kids now and that's a big mess of man it's like steph london's got a tune with angel called uh i think it's called get upon it but it's from the song um yeah, but I cut close and keep sweat. See, and I was like, I remember when I used to yeah. be like hearing this is a new song, and you're just like, so there, there is a level. My parents used to do that to me. My parents used to yeah. do it all the time. Like, what are we listening to? Like, oh, new Puff Daddy. Hey, new man. I heard that. That was there it. You go. But it shows yeah, you I it works. Takes, just takes a generation. But it's like yeah. I feel. Do you know what I think though? I think the lack of reverence is not just a ca- uh, uh, a cultural thing. It's a uh, cl- uh, capitalist thing. Mm. In that capitalism yes. definitely emphasizes. Uh, Youth and the commodification of youth. Mm. Yeah. So that's why it's like they tell people if people are old or they're not engaged with what you're doing, then they need to be excluded from the whole thing. Which is obviously like when you look at people like who are the moving shakers behind the scenes, they mm. would be of a certain age anyway. So that's true. But like I said, I had a conversation with um, a, a young rapper that I, that I was working with, and he was saying to me, I can't remember his question. His question was like, oh, what do I need, do I need to do to like to get better and like where do I need to go? So he's asking me for advice as an older rapper. So I, t- I was like, I was telling them, yeah, you know, work on your flow, work on this. And I was just like, actually, do you know what, man? Like, f- just do what you do. Like, forget what you, you're hearing, like, because you're going to do things that I haven't thought of yet. Mm. You're in a place that I haven't been. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see things that I can't see. Yeah. So what I'm telling you is burn the books and kill the teachers. Like, forget <laughs> what everyone's taught you. Go do your thing because... Yeah, yeah. I, all, all I'm telling you I'm telling you what I've learned and there's a lot of that that you can use but there's also a whole world of of information out there that I'm just not privy to there's a, there's a way of thinking and there's a way of looking at things that I can't see because I'm too set in my ways I'm too old I'm doing my thing yeah, yeah. and there's as far as innovation goes yeah man stand on the shoulders of giants and jump man just do just do your thing don't look at what I'm doing like yeah yeah so, yeah. That is a I perfect, like that. yeah. Yeah, I like that, yeah. Burn the books and kill the teachers. I want yeah, to end man. on that one. That's a good one, man. Thank you very much. Perfect, <laughs> a perfect answer. So, Genesis, man, again, thank you so much for coming on the show, yeah. Thank you, man. I have one quick question, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it. Where can I get this hoodie? This hoodie is on mine. This hoodie is a rapper called Joker Star. Yeah. So, uh, sure. he put this up. 
God, it's, yeah, man, it's cold, man. Sure, hmm. it's cold. You know what? I started wearing this this morning, yeah, and it's white, and I've been trying to keep it clean the whole time. It's stressful wearing white clothes. I walk past the car, man. Dirty, that must... Yeah, here we nice go. Stuff. Nice stuff in the picture. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, just finished an album, so can we let the listeners know about more of your music, where they can find you, where they can find some of your stuff, live shows, etc., etc. I'm the easiest person to find. Genesis Elijah. Just Google me. I'm on all social media. From I'm everywhere. You can find me, man. Oh, all good, man. And uh, yeah, stay in touch. Obviously, we go way back. Um, but yeah, real, we're going to keep, keep holding down the streets on, on the internet. I will mm. do, man. Um, you you so. need me, I'll come with them Twitter fingers. This is what I'm saying, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, all, my homies, all my homies holding their phones. <laughs> they all got phones. Some of my friends got nines, eights. These are all iPhone models. But 11, 11S. <laughs> 11S's. <laughs> man, I'm a heavy machinery in that. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, Thank man. You, it's been man. great. Bless. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBaptweets or Instagram at DaneSnapTeast. Our guest was Genesis Elijah. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Genesis Elijah. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Decode. You can follow D on Twitter and Instagram at Official Decode. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly, and the ACAST team for all their support. Thanks for listening, guys, and remember, question everything. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.